Hello and welcome to episode 6, Let's Not Be Serious, of Wicked Coven Podcast, where my closest friends get together and talk about all things nerdy in the world of comics, anime, video games, movies, and television. It is your main host, Shania Anderson, and we're going to do a little something different today. We're going to talk about our hard not life at UNT Dallas. Uh, we have special guest Lily Kenyatta and Alex Nava. Okay, so Lily, go ahead and tell me about yourself. Hey, Shania. I am an RA in the residence hall. I'm an RA for the third floor. I have been living here and going to school full-time for about a year and a half now. Um, I'm a psych major, 20 years old. Uh, I plan to get my doctorates and become a child psychologist. I also plan to have my own practice. Okay, perfect. And Alex, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hey, I'm Alex. I'm currently a DA at the residence hall. I work the front desk. I've been here for about three years now, finishing up my junior year this semester. I'll be having a degree in psychology and eventually hopefully getting my master's in counseling and my doctorate to become a clinical psychiatrist or counselor. Um, I say I've probably... Wor- Okay, so ex- go ahead and explain to the to the listeners uh, the exact position and what you do at the residence hall. Lily, you want to start first? Sure. Um, as an RA on the third floor, I oversee basically everything that happens on the third floor. Uh, when it comes to facility issues, resident issues, um, personal resident concerns, all of that. I uh, also create programs. I need to have five programs a month, um, whether they're educational, interactive, um, with uh, different partners on campus, or they can just be fun programs where residents can interact. And you, Alex? Mine's a lot simpler. I sit behind a desk. (laughs) I check people in and out, make sure no one's trying to sneak people in. I, you know, give people equipment out, and I kind of just make sure that the front area is pretty much all running smoothly, making sure that when someone walks into the wisdom hall, they see a, a good image, make sure that I greet people with a smile, and, you know, just try to keep up a good environment at the front desk and in the general uh, hall, uh, hallways. So I know Alex has been here for basically three years since the residence hall has opened up and Lily has been basically here for two years. You want to go ahead and share your experience with just living here and, you know, working here and dealing with residents on a daily basis on top of actually um, going to school full time. Alex, you want to start with you? Um, I say my job compared to Lily has a lot more freedom because Lily's job is like always on demand. My jobs, you can pick your own hours, so you can really work around your you know, class schedules and free time. There's, a, there's always a little bit of hard times trying to find a balance with schoolwork and social life always, but I think my job makes it a little bit more easier than for others. And you, Lily? Um, being an RA is pretty intense. Uh, like Alex was saying, it's kind of hard to find a balance. Um, as an RA, you work where you live and you live where you work. Um, and you're kind of on the clock 24-7. Um, at any point, if somebody needs you, 
they're able to knock on your door. It doesn't matter what time it is. And often that happens um, around maybe like two o'clock in the morning. You can have somebody knocking at your door just to talk about their own personal issues. And as an RA, it's seen, it's seen that you should be available constantly to the residents. So it's sometimes draining, but most of the time you just need to find a healthy balance. So just like Alex, I've also been here for three years and I've also seen that type of things as basically a DA and as an RA. Um, for that, what would uh, basically finding your balance in between that, like how would you do it? Do you have time to self-care? Do you have time to basically be by yourself? Because like you said, Lily, the residents can knock on your door at two in the morning and want to talk. Now, how do you set those type of boundaries and, you know, make sure there's time for yourself? In the beginning of my RA position last year, it was really hard to find that balance. And it was really hard to set boundaries with the residents. I wanted to be the best RA that I could possibly be. And at the time, I thought being the best RA meant being constantly available. But now I know that being the best RA that I can be means being a healthy RA, whether it's physically, mentally, all that kind of stuff. So one of the biggest ways I've found to make that balance is boundaries with my residents. And I found that the easiest way to set those boundaries are early on in the semester. In the beginning of the semester, all of the RAs have to have floor meetings with their residents. In those floor meetings, I've learned to set times that I'm available and times that I'm unavailable. I've also caught up this really good habit of keeping a dry erase board in front of my door that even though I may be in my room, the dry erase board lets the residents know that I'm not available to talk right now. Whether it's me having my self-care, taking a nap, if I'm in the shower, doing homework, whatever the case may be, the residents know that I'm off limits at that time. And for you, Alex, sitting at the front desk, you know, it can be pretty stressful coming with, like, upset residents and stuff like that. Like, how do you set boundaries and let, you know, residents know, like, I'm here for you and, you know, don't shoot the messenger basically about certain situations. Like, how would you express that to the residents when things like that go and happen? Well, a lot of times you can't. That's the problem is that you're a customer service and working in customer service is basically you are the punching bag between the customer and the manager. You have to uphold policies, even if you yourself sometimes don't always support them. You have to, you know, it's your job. It's what you have to do. You know, probably like the worst part is parents because they themselves don't always know everything about policies. And, you know, it's, it's a lot more hard for them dealing with having to not be around their kid as much and you have to tell them things like, oh, you can't see him right now and everything. I would say that in the general thing is that a lot of times we, the boundaries kind of come from just day-to-day -day interactions. I think uh, a lot of times you, people either are in two categories, either they're gonna talk with the people at the front desk or they're just gonna keep walking by and not even acknowledge us. It's kind of a, it's extreme on both ends. Okay, in the next section, we're not going to talk about anything serious. We're just going to talk about maybe athletics and UNT Dallas as a whole. Oh, <laughs> and we're going to have a conversation about that.
Right now, we're going to take a short break, and you can follow us on Instagram at wicked underscore coven to get more deets and information about the podcast and any other things that you want to send in questions or let us know something about the news that we've talked about or previous we'll talk about in our next episodes. Thank you so much, and we're going to get into the next section. So the corny joke of today is, what do you call a pig that does karate? Sending your answers in on Instagram at wicked underscore coven and tell us what you think the answer is. So welcome back. We're going to sit there and talk about in this section is athletics and maybe UNT Dallas as a whole since all three of us are full-time students and basically been here since maybe 2017, 2018, and how the school is going to be changing next fall. First off, what is your opinions about athletics in a whole? You want to start with you, Lily? Um, Sure. So personally, I voted no. Um, To me, I feel like bringing in sports was kind of a big jump for the university. Uh, I understand that we want growth. We are a smaller university and we're only getting bigger. But I feel like sports is going to bring a certain kind of growth that UNT Dallas just can't handle right now. Um, With the limited uh, budgets, uh, specifically uh, budgets for like the residence hall, um, are short. And it's very confusing that we all of a sudden allocated such a large chunk of budget towards the sports, um, the sports at UNT Dallas, when there's so many other things that could be growing as well, such as the lack of professors, um, lack of assignments and growth inside of the comm tech uh, degree area. Um, and also a lot of the psychology uh, programs have most professors online. Um, one of the biggest things in psychology uh, right here at UNT Dallas is that most people want to become counselors. This is something that has to happen face-to-face, and it's not something that you can learn online. So with that, I know from my experience uh, as a common tech major, tech major, as you mentioned, uh, basically we don't have enough professors, so basically some teachers are basically teaching several classes that may be similar and stuff like that. In my experience, I have went to Sarah Holmes, the program coordinator, and I have went to the Dean of Liberal Arts and Sciences, but nothing really has been done. And I think because of athletics, I think now because athletics is going to be done, I feel like maybe they're not going to find the importance or maybe fixing these issues academically. Like, do you feel the same way, Alex? Well, probably the most important thing to start off is I completely forgot to vote. That was that was on my bad. I Not forget to vote, Alex. Oh, I mean, Jesus. like typical Alex move. <laughs> to be fair, like to me, I I honestly never thought it actually would get passed. But then I realized it's kind of like my mentalities that allowed it to get passed. I didn't think it should have been because I don't think it was probably the right move. I feel like there's a lot more areas we could focus on. No one probably really goes here to UNT Dallas for sports. You know, that, those people are going to Denton and other big colleges. We're here, we're trying to attract a particular audience. We're more, like, more focused on people like in the city 
and like more, maybe more towards the lower economic side. So only increasing that tuition is going to only probably maybe push away students that are normally supposed to come to us. Well, the university is known as, you know, a Hispanic, uh, Hispanic serving college. And, you know, UNT Dallas brand is to serve the urban community of Dallas, you know, the less fortunate, the ones, you know, that didn't think college was, you know, like a big move for them. And for bringing sports, it's just like, eh. Like, I also I also voted no. So it was just absolutely just ugh to me. Um, another thing with that, like you're talking about, it's a urban uh, serving college. Um, adding to that, when you start to talk about the growth that's going to happen at UNT Dallas, it's, what kind of people are you bringing into UNT Dallas? Are they people that are also going to in turn serve the community? Or are they people from outside of the community that's going to take their degrees and, and serve a, a community elsewhere? Um, you start to think about what kind of scholarships are you going to give these athletes? Are you going to outsource these athletes from high schools from in this area? Or are you going to outsource athletes from outside the area? Are you going to continue to serve this this urban community, or are we going to begin serving outside communities that no longer uh, fit the community that's around this this uh, college campus? Another thing with the um, with the growth that the sports center is or sports is going to bring is when you introduce sports. Yes, it's going to introduce growth, but I'm mostly worried about is UNT Dallas able to handle the, that kind of growth at this moment. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think so. Uh, with the lack of professors, lack of classes, um, I've heard from many residents that their degree plans are changing last minute and it's stunting their graduation. Um, with these kinds of things, and then you bring in even more people, it almost seems to me like you're going to be disappointing more people than, than you're going to, uh, that you're going to make happy. And I know for that, it was kind of like also money is also an issue. Um, where is this money coming from? Because there's been so many issues. Like you said, all three of us has been in the residence hall. Um, all three of us has been here and seen the issues with it. So where is that money? Where, where did this money come from? And why is this money only being used now when there has been tons of tons of issues that this money could have been fixed by since we've been here? Alex, what do you think about that? Um, I would probably say that the sports, in terms of like my personal like ranking of like where the obviously it's going to probably come from increasing tuition, which I think is a bad idea right now. If we were going to increase tuition, it should go towards classes, which you know people are actually would want their money to go towards. Well, they said um, they were increasing classes, like how much a class is. By 72? I think it's about $7 per tuition or per school hour or I class think, hour. I thought they increased it to like 72 or 34. I remember those two numbers being specific in, in the talks of like the town I, hall. I think when you I add... Didn't go, I didn't go to the town hall either. I think, <laughs> Jesus, Alex. I think once you, you add, I think like 7 bucks or something like that, the average cost per semester is going to be 72. 72? Okay. Yeah. Well, even with that, we already have a couple of students, like like we said, like we're coming from an urban Dallas community mm-hmm. that they didn't even think college was possible. Yeah. And now they're coming here and now you're increasing it. With, athle- with athletics, 
your main focus is going to continue to make athletics bigger and better, which yeah. means you're increasing the tuition even higher because mm-hmm. for UNT Dallas, we don't have a track. We have a basketball court outside, but it's not efficient for a basketball team, especially mm-hmm. girls, and a, uh, girls and a boys basketball team. Mm-hmm. You, so you're outsourcing. That means you have to pay somewhere else to get this basketball court and yeah. this track and uh, maybe soccer equipment and stuff like that. Where, where is this going for? How much are you paying these coaches? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like... And another thing that you talk about, you know, with with money aside, not even talking about the money, when you start to talk about the importance of sports at a university, uh, like you were saying, this is an urban-serving community. And something that I've uh, noticed growing up um, is that in urban communities, one of the biggest ways that um, young men and young women are taught to make it out of these urban communities is that the only way that they're able to be successful is through sports. Um, like sports like basketball, football, that's the only way to become successful. And with this college being in the middle of an urban city, I think it's made an impact saying that, hey, you don't have to know how to throw a ball or kick a ball or, or any of that stuff in order to be successful. You can get a degree and you can do better without having to run around the track. I think bringing sports to UNT Dallas takes the light off of the academics and now puts it back on the the athletics and showing our students that, well, you know, maybe sports is the only way to become successful. Now, bringing that up, I know you mentioned previously early on is uh, there's issues going on with the psychology degree. And I know both you and Alex are both in the psychology major. Have you seen that effect happen there? Or is there anything happening towards that lack of maybe money or maybe just having like people focus on academics uh i think yeah because like i started this semester because i had a plan you know you 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 know follow this plan they go at counselors are like here you take this class in this order. degree plan yeah degree plan and uh i'm signing up for classes and i'm like all right I, i'm taking my required uh what was it statistics mm-hmm. look at the statistics yeah, i was gonna take and a system all of a sudden tells me like i'm like a month before like when all these deadlines and everything are happening, it's like, you can't take it. I'm like, I'm having a little mini panic attack. I'm like, what did I miss? What did I miss? And then I look and it's like career in, career in writing in psychology. Career in, in yeah, career in writing. writing. So has that became like a prerequisite? That, that or? has now become a new prerequisite for a bunch of required classes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting over here thinking like, why, where, where did this come from? I'm pretty sure I didn't miss it. Mm-hmm. So eventually I had to go talk to my counselor but a lot of, like, the problem there is that not a lot of people go talk to their counselors. A lot of them are just like, well, this is it. But apparently it's their new program because they took, I, I want to say they took out uh, History and Systems. They took out History and Systems, yeah. So that kind of, like, replaces it in a way? I think they took out History and Systems and then, yeah, and then added that one. So it replaces it. But like you said, for many people who don't go um, to their counselors or or are not sure that they're able to stick to a certain degree plan, they kind of get stuck and they end up wasting their money twice. Yeah. And even with that, what I've noticed for myself, I've never had the same admissions counselor for a whole year. It's nope. every semester it changes because either someone is not there, someone got promoted, or there's somebody new that comes in. So is that also an issue because 
if they're not telling the students that they're having prerequisites, which I've had the same experience also in my contact major. Um, like, what, what's going on? Because it doesn't sound like it's also the majors, it's also the admissions office and maybe the scholarship office financial and then the financial aid. So it's not, we're not complaining. It seems to me like we're not complaining about the majors itself. It's the whole system as a whole that needs to be fixed. And that needs to be fixed before athletics come. Absolutely. Because then you're just getting more people that are going to be disappointed with the system. And like we keep bringing up, this is an urban serving university. And in an urban serving university, guess what? Most of your students are going to be first generation students. They're not going to know how to navigate through scholarships. They're not going to know how to navigate through financial aid, how to navigate their classes, how to navigate prerequisites, minors, majors, none of that stuff. Personally, I never knew any of those things. I had to kind of walk through it blind. I'm in my senior year and I'm just now figuring out that you're a senior. How, how some of these things work. Exactly. I'm just now figuring out that I'm a senior. Um, I understand that, you know, count the counselors and, and the advisors and stuff, they have a lot on their plate. But for a, with a university as unique as this one, it has to be more pressure on the counselors and the advisors to inform the students. Because the students, because they're first generation, they're so ill-informed about the university that they don't even know what they don't know. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely that. You have something to say, Alex? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say. Um, so for my past three years being here, fortunately... I've been, I've, you know, got lucky. I hit, like, the jackpot, I guess, for this school is that I got the full-ride scholarship, so... The presidential they, scholarship. The presidential scholarship. They were, they basically were like, all right, we'll handle everything for you in a lot of sense. You know, that's great for me, but it, it, it's there, like, I understood, like, I was always, like, it never made sense to me why everyone was always having trouble with, like, financial aid and everything, because... You know, I thought everyone got the same treatment as me, you know, they're like, the school would just help them. But uh, after talking with a lot of friends, I realized, no, if you don't do, if you're, if, unlike me, if everyone else isn't, like, proactive with financial aid, they're not going to hear from them for, like, another month or so. And it's not even that we're not proactive, it's that they don't tell us. No. They don't tell us when certain things are happening. They don't tell us until it's absolutely too late and you're almost about to be kicked out of school because... You didn't pay for last semester or you didn't pay for the year before. So it's not like it's not being proactive. We just don't know. Yeah. We don't know at all. I also want to like add, like, there's a lot of things, like, I understand that, you know, you have those, like, freshman, like, orientations and stuff. But a lot of scholarships at the school, like, people are, like, figuring out they're here way too late. They didn't, like, they're already in here for a year or two before they find out that yeah. this is a scholarship. I can't tell you how many times people are, like, finding out that the, 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 there is actual full-ride scholarship here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, even from my experience, <clears throat> I had to physically go onto the UNT Dallas site, and then I just so happened to click on the scholarship tab, looking through, like, what do I need for, for school? Like, like you said, I'm a first-generation college student. I have no idea what to do, so yeah. I was going there looking for it, and then I found out the scholarships, and then it was a one-week deadline from when I looked it up, and supposedly, you know... So happened, I got it finished in time, but I didn't get the presidential scholar. I got the second one that's the highest, which I think is like the cornerstone or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And um, like, but even if I didn't stumble onto that tab, I would have known. I would have yeah. been 
you know, still paying for college and, you know, that's unfortunate. Like, this should be known. That should be, like, the first thing you see on the on the school. Or even when you sign up on the thing and you give them your email after that freshman orientation, maybe send them an email and be like, okay, here's these scholarships here. Yeah. Well, you know, other than that, do you have any other comments on athletics or, you know, anything else you wanted to state? I want a dodgeball team. A dodgeball team. Can't yeah. you just make that a club? That's like, you have to make up like a whole constitution and everything. That's a club. I know, but like, like you ever seen the movie Dodgeball? Yeah, I've seen the movie Dodgeball. We could be just like them. I'm telling you right now, if you make a dodgeball team, I'm in. I'm just saying, it'd be pretty fun. It's well, they have very, a sports team. Very ch- do we? Yeah. We do. We actually have that set in motion now. And they, they, that I, money is not coming out. They of told anything. me to look for an email in January. It's February. I still well, they had their first. Exactly. They didn't tell you. They had their first meeting. What? Um, when the involvement fair happened. Mm-hmm. When we were there for CAP. They were sitting in the corner and they were playing, uh, I believe, what, 2K? Something like that, yeah. Like a, a sports game. Gosh dang, I don't even like 2K. Because um, it used to be a club. It used yes. to be just a club, but I think now that they're creating this sports program, they're making it into the actual uh, sports program, integrating it actually, into the no, actual it's, sports it's program. it's separate, and that's the only reason why I found out is because I work in marketing. It's actually <coughs> separate, and they have their own set of money that they raise by themselves. That's interesting that you say it's separate because they definitely promoted it in the email when they were saying how happy they were that, you know, oh, sports really? is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. When right. they said that sports is now at UNT Dallas, they named off... The esports, they named off uh, men's and women's soccer, I think, and yes. then men's and women's basketball. track or cross country, and then men's and women's um, basketball. Yeah. What? What? Well, you- that's actually, they told me, and the person that's over it literally came out of his mouth, and it's like esports is separate from sports. Like, mm-hmm. they have two different sets of money, and you're not moving, you're not touching the sports money, right. and the sports is not touching the esports money. That's that's really weird that they had it. I didn't even see that email. When they were uh, doing the fair thing, like what's like what's like system are they on? Are they on PC? Are they on? So what? What from what I've known and what I've heard only because I work in a certain area is that basically esports they are not for certain, but I believe Overwatch and Rocket Rocket League is going to be the first two games that they're going to try to introduce to everybody and maybe get up into like a competition level um and i believe they're either ps i believe it's ps4 uh they may do overwatch on pc um they're not done with the room yet and i think there is going to be some computers Mm -hmm. for overwatch pc but i believe it's most likely going to be ps4 but don't quote me i don't know exactly yet it would make sense for it to be ps4 in my opinion i mean yes the community for pc is bigger but also like P, like, to get a good PC to compete in like Overwatch, that's a lot of money. You could save that just going PS4, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, that well, was... you know, they have hopes and plans for getting into ball because they also asked me, like, what do the residents play? I said, mostly, you know, Smash, uh, Smash Brothers, mm, fighting games, so Mortal Kombat, and then Madden and 2K. That's what they usually play. And um, I like Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon, they be, you know. You, you know. can't play, you can't be on competition for that. You actually kind of For battles? I mean, like, I, I, I know you can do, like, dual, like, you can, like, fight each other online, so I wonder if they're that show thing. 
Maybe. Figure Maybe. it out. Yeah. Let them know. Gotta ask Tyler. Send him an email. He's in charge. He's, he's like the grandmaster when it comes to Pokemon and Rock here. Well, you know. Send them an email. Ask them if they want to have that. Uh-huh. And I want to say thank you guys for being on here. I really appreciate your opinion and all that. Just say bye to the listeners and thank you so much, Shania. Bye, listeners. Thanks, Shania. Listeners, make sure to vote. Don't be like me. Have a good day and thank you for listening. Stay wicked, my friends. The song of the day is All of Us from the HBO special Euphoria.